Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, hey, Waffle Gang, I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some more Reddit stories. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting that like, subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. Let's crack straight on with today's first story. Now, today's first story, I fancied, as it's Friday, of course, something a little bit spicy, a little bit cheeky. And it's from the malicious compliance subreddit from RightsForDoe42, who says, No one can fire my boss, so she does it herself. <laughs> This isn't my story, but I was able to witness it in all its glory because I used to work for one of the people involved. Years ago, I used to work at a state government agency where my boss was a political appointee. Her mum was a bigwig in our governor's party who wrangled a political appointment for her daughter, which meant she had some clout behind her. Let's call her Shannon. Shannon was not good at her job at all. She was frequently out the office for meetings, e.g. two-hour lunches, coffee with friends, a bit of shopping. She was also a bully and a tyrant. She bullied her staff and would hold the threat of firing over everyone's heads to get them to do what she wanted. She wasn't a micromanager because she was never around enough to actually micromanage anything. And she was widely disliked throughout the entire building. This was a large agency, so to have a building where almost everyone disliked you took a lot of work. The problem is that, as a political appointee, she was untouchable. The people who had the power to fire her couldn't because of her family. Even the number three person in the agency couldn't do it, and he was a political appointee as well. But after a year of mystery meetings and time out of the office, her excuses were catching up to her. The agency director removed her from her job and put her in charge of special projects. Anyone who's worked in corporate knows that people can get put in charge of special projects because they were largely incapable of doing their previous job. They didn't get fired, but they no longer had any power. This was Shannon's case. For a while, she seemed to get the message. She shaped up, didn't have any more mystery meetings, didn't disappear from the building for two hours and treated people somewhat nicely. Of course, it didn't last and Shannon returned to her old ways. Around that time, we had a new assistant director. We'll call her Trisha, who was a political appointee. She was the number two person in the whole agency and she was great to work for. She was very serious about her job. She had access to Shannon's electronic calendar and saw what Shannon had been up to. She then cross-checked the security logs to see when Shannon was in and out of the building. After a brief investigation, Trisha emailed Shannon with a list of dates and said, can you tell me more about these different meetings you were having and why they took so long? I'm paraphrasing. Well, Shannon wasn't having any of that. How dare Trisha call her character into question? This was an outrage. It was so outrageous, in fact, that Shannon wrote a resignation letter and slammed it on Trisha's desk. That'll show her. After a few hours, Shannon had time to think about what she had done. She remembered that she had a one-year-old at home. She also remembered that her husband was an unskilled truck driver who made $8 an hour. Edit, he was a local delivery driver for a construction firm, not a CDL driver. And she remembered that she was the primary breadwinner for her family. She went back, hat in hand, and apologized for her attitude. 
She said she was willing to try harder and she asked Trisha if she could please possibly have her letter back. Pretty please. Trisha said, oh, I'm sorry, you are too late. I already processed the letter and sent it off to HR. I'm afraid I can't undo that. Do you remember in the movie, The Incredibles, when Mr. Incredible fought the giant ball with legs? The ball was so indestructible and powerful. The only thing that could beat it was itself. This was that moment. The previously untouchable political appointee had just been fired by the only political appointee who had the power, herself. And rather than protect her or do her a solid, Trisha would not undo her self-termination. She just let Shannon be her own undoing. When news of Shannon's self-firing raced through the building, you could hear cries of, what, are you serious? Followed by howls of laughter as each new person heard the story. Shannon was out and everyone who had to deal with her was much happier than they had ever been in that job. Edit, thank you to everyone for the great comments and the awards. That's very cool and I really appreciate it. You are all awesome. Now, I've seen people like this in my past, people who think they're so powerful that they can get away with everything, do exactly what they want. And, you know, I say it a lot because you know what I'm like, I'm a nosy bastard. So I would love to be a fly on that wall, you know, where she came back in asking for that letter back after she thought she was so powerful that she could throw this down and people would beg for her to come back. And there's a bit of me, of course, that feels guilty that she does have a one-year-old at home. I, I would never want to see a one-year-old struggling. But, you know, as we always say, it's consequences for your own shitty actions. Don't be an arsehole. Not being an arsehole is really not that difficult. But Kazin8 says, This is like a fairy tale come true and told to children at bedtime. Samusi says, I worked with a supervisor who would turn in her resignation as a way to get a pay rise. It worked for years until we got a new director a director who was not her buddy. The very first time she pulled this stunt, he accepted and processed her resignation. When she came back to say she changed her mind and was staying, his response was, oh no, you tendered your resignation and have accepted it. Your position has been posted. Gontowski says, sounds like Shannon, if only for a moment, was a good boss at the very end, saving some legwork for Trisha. <laughs> Istra says, this kind of happened where I used to work also government. She was so awful to everybody, cried wolf so many times, openly demeaned staff, constantly on her phone. Her metrics were very easy to meet and she wouldn't even try. Just get sour when someone called her out. She decided to quit her secure state government job and got hired on at a small county office. She got fired within two weeks of working there. Four irreconcilable differences outside of her control. Felt so good when I heard. Fuck you, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that wasn't me saying that to any Jordans out there, by the way. And one more from Smokey Cat, because I love a story within a story who says she's not the first person to fire themselves. Casey Stengel, baseball hall of famer, as a manager of the Yankees did in the 1920s. Apologies if I got that pronunciation wrong. I know someone's going to call me up on it. After his major league playing career, he was president and player manager with a Boston Braves minor league affiliate at a mid-level league and got an offer to be a manager at a higher salary from the Giants affiliate at a higher level league. But his boss, the owner of the Braves minor league team, wouldn't let him go. And the new club wouldn't pay his existing boss for his services. So as a manager, he released himself as a player. Then as a president, he fired himself as a manager. Then he resigned as president and took the new job. Now, what do you guys make of this story? Many of you I know are gonna have a coworker 
like Shannon here. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and let's have another one. And our next story comes from Economy Grapefruit 32 who says, want to sign an accident statement? Be my guest. This happened some months after I got my driver's license. I, at the time, 19 female, was driving through an eight lane roundabout when a car struck me. This is a horrible roundabout with lots of traffic, very fast and there are no lines on the ground to see who crossed who. Anyway, I get out to see the damage and the guy driving the other car comes out screaming at me, cursing and yelling that I am a stupid girl. It's my first accident and I'm scared and almost want to cry from the shock of the accident. But my little cousin is in the car and I don't want to scare her. As I'm walking around trying to take pictures of the car, the guy keeps yelling at me that this is my fault. He threatens to call the police and have me arrested because I am a danger. He says how he will tell them that he was going straight and I was turning. He keeps repeating it until I realize what he is saying, driving straight on a roundabout. Cue malicious compliance. I tell him not to worry with the police. He is completely right. He was just going straight and it was me who was going around. Let's sign an accident statement. He is immediately on board, writes it and signs it. Later at the insurance office, they told me they don't normally have such easy cases. My damages were paid in full and they even gave me a replacement car while mine was getting repaired. Such a stupid girl. Edit. Hi guys, thanks for the comments and awards. I thought I could explain a few things that keep coming in the comments. He didn't go straight through the middle of the roundabout. He sort of went tangent to the inner circle, if that makes sense, the shortest route crossing all lanes, which could have ended much worse. Came in straight to the inner lane and then tried to leave straight out. I know it's hard to imagine if you've never seen a six to eight lane roundabout. No, I'm not going to post the sketch. Sorry, guys. I think the comment section will turn into a traffic debate about who was at fault, etc. <laughs> it is not in Paris. Now, whenever we get on the subject of roundabouts, which isn't very often, I think maybe once before, I've got to show you this roundabout. This roundabout is very close to us, probably within 40 miles. It's in a place called Swindon. And they, <laughs> you've got to see the state of this. It's called the magic roundabout. Look at the state of that. <laughs> anyway, I don't think there's much more to say on this one. So we're going to go straight to another malicious compliance story. I absolutely love these. And our next story comes from How Many Apples 42 who says refuse to pay me for piano lessons. Okay, I'll count every minute and charge accordingly. When I was 14, I was qualified fully in my country in a piano playing performance qualification. I'd worked really hard for this and was so proud, my parents too. I was too young to join paid orchestras and they didn't exist near me. So instead, I handed out business cards to residents nearby in a fairly wealthy area and thought I could make some money teaching after school. Teachers in the area were charging 20 euros per half hour, so I charged 17 euros because of my age. Edit and lack of experience since someone got their knickers in a twist and got very lucky that a few mums caught on and switched to me instead. I quickly had four to five kids and adults to teach every single weeknight in an area I could bike around. This was roughly 400 euros every single week due to fluctuations of people canceling and so on. An hour's lesson was 50 minutes with a short water break and explanation of homework at the end. A half hour lesson was 25 minutes with explanation and homework at the end. I made all this very clear and learned it was necessary through time to walk people carefully through homework and exam prep. These parents paid 10 lessons in advance every time and I kept the calendar and updated parents weekly on where they were at. 
one parent would always ask for a full summary of all 10 weeks for all three of her kids and I was happy to provide it. Suddenly, one week she decided she didn't owe me money for the next 10 lessons until I had made up for lost time. I was obviously very confused and asked her what she meant. She cited the reason that I cut five minutes off every 30 minutes and 10 minutes off every hour, so I should teach that extra time before getting more money. Here's the real kicker. Her kids were horribly behaved. They were easily the most spoiled entitled kids I taught and often said things like, since we pay you, don't you work for me? They were ages six to 11. She'd also referred me to a lot of other parents, so I was concerned about my jobs. Because her kids behaved badly and didn't do homework, I always spent extra time on them, five to 10 minutes per week, because they needed it. But okay, sure, you want me to work that time? No problem. So I decided to tell this mother from now on, I would set a timer and charge every minute on that timer and show her when I clicked it on and off and gave a huge apology. You can imagine her shock at the end of the 10 weeks when she saw that the kids combined 30 hours were actually more like 36 to 37 that she had to pay. She never bothered me about timing ever again and rushed through every homework or exam prep explanation getting me out the door. Damn, at 14, learning the piano in that way that you can actually teach others. That's an absolutely amazing achievement. God knows what I was doing at 14. It certainly wasn't nothing productive. Fair play to OP for that. Now, what do you guys make of that one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we're going to move on to another. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. And our next three comes from Not Lag Range, who says, Take a pay cut and lose benefits or be fired. Okay. Have fun reworking your entire system. Long-time lurker, first-time poster, using alt account for privacy concerns. Anyways, on to the story. I work as a logistical consultant and have done so for the past seven years. Most of my work is short-term contracts to update and optimize logistical systems for manufacturers and delivery businesses. I do have a couple of long-term contracts with repeat clients and this story is about one such client. I got a job offer six years ago with a friend who inherited his family's machine shop. His father is a brilliant man, but not business savvy in the slightest, and the entire business was teetering on bankruptcy. My main job there was optimizing the production method for both existing contracts and future contracts. This was my first long-term contract, but I had been doing similar work for a few years and I had gotten a couple of patents for producing some intricate parts before getting this job. In the contract negotiation, I made sure that any patents developed in the course of my work would be retained completely by me. The contract term was five years before re-evaluating. It took a lot of time and work, but the company became rather successful. Especially considering the condition, my friend inherited it. The 2020 happened and after about a year of trying to stay afloat, my friend sold to some entrepreneur who wanted to get into the industry. 
In the months prior to the sale, the new boss was trying to familiarize himself with the business. Being in charge of logistics, I had given him a tour of the place and informed him of the patented methods used. This was happening right around the time my contract reevaluation was supposed to happen, and I asked whether I'd be negotiating with him or the new boss. He realized I didn't want to be stuck in a contract. I would negotiate with him if he wasn't going to be my boss, and he assured me that he'd make sure my new contract would be negotiated with the new boss. The new boss started restructuring and laying off most salaried employees and cutting benefits like vacation and sick time as soon as the acquisition went through. I was not a fan of this new boss since he, in addition to this, was an arse with zero experience and refused to acknowledge the fact. He did not understand what exactly my job was and thought it was unnecessary. I could tell he was just waiting for my contract negotiation. Fast forward about a month into the new regime and enter the shit show that was my negotiation. He was of the opinion that I was overpaid and inefficient. He all but said that I was unnecessary. My only options were to either essentially become a part-time contractor with an effective 70% cut to what I was making and none of my benefits or be fired. When he gave me the ultimatum, I was beyond shocked. I immediately contacted my lawyer and he told me the contract was absolutely insulting. Needless to say, I chose option two. Over the course of my time there, I had filed two patents that were extensively used by the company. With shorter contracts, I typically negotiate for better royalty rate than benefits or salary. But since this business was both with my friend and supposed to be long-term, I opted for negotiating benefits. About a week after the negotiations were completed, I told the new boss we'd need to discuss royalties before my term was officially over. He was not amused and was dismissive. After enough pressing from me, we had a meeting with lawyers present. What's important to know is that one pattern is extensively used in the production of an electrical device for the company's biggest client. The royalties deal written up by my lawyer was the standard one I use for most companies, which is more expensive than my previous contract. New Boss was shocking and fuming, saying how this was completely ridiculous and bordering on extortion considering how much more expensive it would be and how not being able to use the patent would mean he'd lose clients while shifting production methods. I told him he had a total of six months of time to figure out what it was that I did and to familiarize himself with the company and the fact that I had told him when I gave him the tour that I was the patent holder. He also could have asked for a quote at my usual rates. The first meeting ended very abruptly. After this and three days later, he came with an insulting counteroffer where I'd be employed again but with far less benefits than I originally had. I told him I don't want to work for him and that he either pays me my rate or change production methods. This would entail replacing a lot of tooling and equipment and retaining workers. He threatened to sue and got rather belligerent and so I told him I'd see him in court if that was the case. Otherwise, he knows my offer and has my contact info. He quickly realized that even in the unlikely event of the court deciding in his favor, that'd still lose a lot of money in legal fees. After the meeting, I told my lawyer to draft a cease and desist and have it ready for when the contract expires. New boss started looking for my replacement. He had not stopped production or even told the clients about it during this time period. The day after my term ended, I sent a cease and desist letter and production stopped. He lost most clients. Most employees just jumped ship and last week declared bankruptcy. Hope he learned his lesson. Never screw over the logistics guy. Edit one. First off, I did not expect this post to get as much attention as it has. And I'd like to thank all the people who've commented, upvoted and downvoted and given me awards. 
I don't really know what the awards do, but I appreciate them nonetheless. And to all the people who've messaged me, it's incredibly flattering the interest you've shown in my work. Logistics is not the sexiest field and I rarely get to talk about it outside professional settings. Now to the reason I'm writing this. As a lot of people pointed out, the entrepreneur, who for simplicity we will call Bob, seemed both stupid and ill-informed of what canning me will do. I had not really thought about this as I had checked out of the issue after my contract negotiation with Bob. I wasn't even required to come in for the last two weeks, so I did not. I have asked my friend and some co-workers who stayed on after I left about what the plan was. My friend told me that he informed him both in writing and while in discussions of the patent issue. Bob was not especially concerned and told him that he's had to deal with propriety complications before. The warehouse manager and head bookkeeper informed me over lunch yesterday that Bob had hired a patent lawyer to find out what exactly would need to be changed to the process to no longer be infringing. This sort of thing is common in the pharmaceutical and chemical manufacturing industry to renew patents for corporate interest. The warehouse manager was told increase production and create a surplus before my contract expired so that the line could be modified and the orders for the clients could be filled while he had talks with the clients. However, the only people still employed that had the necessary information to help the technician change all the machines was the warehouse manager and the floor manager. Between the lack of hands, unexpected complications in implementing the modifications and having only two thirds of the floor machines actually working, the surplus had run out and the orders can no longer be filled. The client who apparently, the bookkeeper said the only one who knows the specifics is the client and Bob, agreed verbally but not in writing, to the change in the product and the possibility of not receiving full orders as a production line was modified. The mounting economic pressures led to bankruptcy. So Bob was not a suicidal dumbass. He's just overestimated his abilities. My lawyer has contacted a friend of his who specializes in bankruptcy law, and I have talked with the two of the previous clients about the situation. The large client has expressed interest in securing a source of the parts, but the smaller one had already been on the fence about discontinuing the product that required our parts. My lawyer has told me that this is unlikely to be resolved soon, but I've gotten the idea of giving my friend the business back as a birthday present. <laughs> now, what do you guys make of this one? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Now, do you have your own malicious compliance story? If you do, I would love to know down in the comments as always. A huge thank you for spending your time with me today and getting involved in today's stories. It always means the world to me. And I hope you did enjoy a little bit of a different... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. French subreddit today. Let me know if you did, because obviously it lets me know what you're enjoying currently. Thank you so much for your love, time, and support, and I will see you in the next one. Take care, guys. Much love. Wake up, get up, stretch my legs, eat some breakfast, milk and eggs, brush my teeth up, wash my face, throw my clothes on, start my day. Wake up, I can smell the smoke from the bacon. Let's go, see the sun shining from the windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know that's a dead.